Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I am your host, Mark, the Lending Crew Wheeler, and we're going to have some fun tonight, y'all, because it is hip to be square, square bills, that is. Um, talk about a technique that I use a lot. Reason is, as many of the lakes I fish in around here, rivers, stuff like that, are relatively shallow. Uh, you know, eight feet, you know, is deep in most of those lakes. So, uh, square bells really reign supreme. Plus, with cypress trees and laydowns, it is one of the best techniques for it. So, we're going to talk about square bells, how effective they are, how to pick them out, what gear to use, because gear is very important um, for a technique like this. And, and I'm going to get some flack for it because you know everyone says, "Ah, oh, man, you don't know that." Listen. You want to get good at it, you want to improve, you're going to want to throw, uh, throw it with the correct gear. Um, we're also about modifying them. I got some modifying tricks you're going to want to learn uh, and possibly do. Add that little extra thing to your, to your arsenal next time you're out. We're also going to talk about color selection, how important that is as well. Um, and also start uh, a small little talk about uh, jerk baits. Uh, we started with, with you know... Uh, um, Soft plastic jerk baits and uh, stuff like that, but um, we're going to expand on that a little bit as well. Um, in the house, the co-host with the most, who always has his radio up, and I can hear myself in the background, uh, Mr. Yak Chum, Matt Trucks. What's going on, man? Matt, that's you, man. Or not. Nine zero four. <laughs> Might have got that wrong. Hello, hello. Hey, who's this? Am I on the line? You're on the line, man. Oh, sweet. Yeah, a quick question. Uh, I'm ignorant. I'll, I need to know the difference between whether you use mono or braid or fluoro. Is there a better not to use or a not to avoid? Or is there a do not need to draw or what? Um, well, I give that one second, but who is this? <laughs> Mike. Mike from? Florida. Florida, what's going on, Mike? Sorry. Um... Uh, Tim, I apologize, because I'm, I'm hearing you in the background as well. <laughs> I'm trying to listen. Yeah, I'm listening on both ends. Uh, um, I understand, but, I understand. Uh, yeah, with, with the technology changing between the mono, the braid, and the fluoro, uh, is the standard not equally strong, or is there something better for one versus the other, or do we need to draw up another knot, or what? Depends on the situation you're in. Um, like, I'm going to give you from my end. From what I do on my end, where, to give you an instance, I just fished a, a large tournament on a, a boat tournament on Kerr Reservoir. Um, change, the, literally, I pre-fished on Friday, had an idea of what I was going into, knew the rods <clears throat> and the bait I needed. That night, a cold front moved in. Literally, we were out there. It was 52-degree water. When we got on the water that morning, the water temps were 42 degrees. We had a 10-degree you know, drop in temps, um, and, it, and it really changed the whole aspect of what I was going to do. 
I mean, just completely just threw everything in the trash. Now, the reason I say that is because by, I'm going to say, 9 o'clock, we launched at 7. By 9 o'clock, um, I had a one of those small little six-pack coolers you can buy, you know, just to hold like a six-pack of, of sodas or, or adult beverages. Um, pretty much halfway filled with different baits I was cutting off and retying. So for me... In that instance, I don't go with a line-to-line connection like that. Now, I'm fishing for fun. Yeah, I fish line-to-line connections all the time. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have been asking a lot of these questions of, do I need a special knot? No, you don't. Better to tie a correct knot correctly, if that makes any sense, than to tie one in haste. Um, and the, one of the best ones out there is the Alberto knot. Um, from from Alberto Nee, um, it's it's just same way as a, as you tie a um, uh, an Albright, right? Where you you double one line, bring it through, and what you do is you go up. You you have the loop, so you go up the towards the the the, the tag and main line seven times, and then you over then you wrap back over top of those six seven more times, pull it through and tighten it really slow, moisten it the whole way through. Great knot. Slips to the guides really well. Um, one of my favorites is a uh, um, a no-name or figure-eight knot. Um, it goes by several names. Basically, you take your, your main line, and I always use um, uh, uh, like mono or floral for, for the for the for this portion of this knot. And what I do is I'll, I'll get, you know, a slight tag. And all I do is I do a, excuse me, regular overhand knot. And then once more through that, that loop, you just, you just made with that overhand. That makes any sense. So you have, instead of just going once around, you go twice. And then what you do is you tighten that knot very slowly until you see it come across. And then I actually, before it gets tight, It'll loop itself and create you two loops with with a line cut, making a make, make it looks like an eight. When you do it right, you pull it. And you're like, oh, okay. Now I see why they call it a figure eight. What you do is you take your your braid, bring it through both of those figure eight loops you just made. Get a tag, and and just very slightly pin, you know t- put some tension on it so it collapses that knot down. Then all you do is you just do a, a, a like a, a an overhand knot or a, not overhand, a, uh, an Albright. Bring the loop up, you know, bring it up the line, follow it back on itself, you know, uh, it's like you do a uni and a uni. All the way back, tighten that down, and then tighten the main lines down. And what you're basically creating is a lock with the, the that Albright to that figure eight knot, and it's a locker. So it actually locks itself in and pushes up against that knot. Does it? It's a gr- really good knot. Will it fail? Like all knots, at some point it will. You put extra pressure on that, and it's going to break. Um, if you're, because you're down in Florida, one of the best knots with with any braid to start with is learn how to do a bimini twist. Um, and I know this is a, a freshwater show, but I use bimini twists a lot when I'm dealing with heavy braid, and what I mean by heavy braid, anything over 30 pounds, um, it's a great starter 
to to the system because you're creating a double line and it really takes a lot of the guesswork out of what you need to do after that. Um, you know, it makes making a, a Alberto not easier, an Albright, um, you know, a Bristol knot. You know, all those knots that you can go from a double line, um, you know, it's made simpler. Uh, and, and most people go, well, if I do I do that and I break off and I will have a two-inch piece of, of tag end left on my leader, what do I do? I have to tie a whole new bimini? No, you just cut as close to that braid as possible and just work that knot. Nine times out of ten, if you just work it in, your, in between your, your thumb and forefinger for a second, it'll work itself out until it loosens up and you can pick it out and you can retie. Um, but to answer your question, no, you don't need a special knot. You just need to get proficient at, at tying a knot and being confident in a knot an uni to uni, um, uh, you know, a no-name, an Alberto, um, you know, a surgeon's knot. A surgeon's knot is actually one of those knots I can't tie. For whatever reason, I can never tie them correctly. Alberto knots, I can tie great. Um, if you're ever having issues of a knot slipping, you, are, you can definitely go in, and I've done it several times, especially with um, like that Super Slick 8, from Power Pro, it's super slick. It really, it, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Um, it's actually going in and and adding a couple of half inches after you've done your knot. So let's say I tie an Alberto. I'm going to have a tag in. I'll go in and I'll half hitch two, three times, get that nice and tight, and then just one quick uh, uh, double overhand. And then slide that down, being very careful so it all comes all together. And then trim it close. Um, I know a lot of guys that are using a flexible super glue. Zap-a-gap is one. Um, just for that little bit of extra uh, insurance to make sure that they, they're getting it right. Um, now, for mono to, mono to fluoro or mono to mono, um, you cannot go wrong with an uni to uni. I mean, it, it's, it's two locking, it's two knots that lock against each other. And with mono, with that stretch... You can get away with a lot. Um, you know, that, that, that's always a great one. And whenever I use mono, it's usually nine times out of ten, um, a no-name or figure-eight knot um, to braid. Um, and a uni to uni when it's fluoro to braid, a uh, fluoro to mono. Um, reason is, is I have issues with the, the stiffness of, of mono sometimes and the stiffness of uh, fluoro creating a solid knot um, with an Albright because they're just so stiff. It just takes a lot of work to get them right. Have I done it? Um, a lot of times, yes, I have. But that, that when you put a, a locking knot and a, and a pressure knot together like that, they seldom come apart. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's some very good information, man. This is the kind of stuff we need to hear on this, you know what I mean? This is right to the point where uh, it's not the, the jib-jab of what's going on. This is what we need to know. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. And you know what? Don't be afraid to to down – see, uh, one thing w- w- that I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people do is they're buying light braids, 10-pound and less, to really load up those reels. A 5-pound braid, which is, I have two rods that I run – for my freshwater stuff that, that I use five-pound braid on. Um, five-pound braid is thinner than hair. 
it is micro thin. Um, breaking strength of 15, 20 pound mono, which for me, that's great. It means I can hammer that bass and not have to worry about it. But it also means I don't need to worry about that bass or fish or whatever. I've, I used it on a lake up here, uh, Lake Anna. And I'm saying crystal clear. I'm, I mean it. 30 feet down, it's like a northern lake. 30 feet down, I'm seeing the bottom. And I ran straight braid all the way to my bait. And never had an issue of a bass, you know, being weary. I've used it like that for smallmouth, where they have the keenest eyes of any of the black bass species. And they can't see it because it is so thin. Um, you know, don't be afraid to go straight braid. But with that being said, you do not want to use a rod that has a lot of backbone to it or is very responsive, meaning if I, if we're going to talk about this in the show later uh, with, with actions of the rod, when you set that hook, right, with a the, with the highly responsive rod, you have a tendency of really ripping the bait out of that fish's mouth, right? But if I have a slow-action rod with, that's great and high in sensitivity, and I feel that, that fish, and I reel down, I set the hook, and it's got that slow load, Right, I'm not really hitting the peak of that power that I'm setting that hook with until almost three quarters of the way through my hook set, which is great because it does two things now. A, taking a lot of shock out of that, that hook set, right? So it's in the fish's mouth. Now, because it's so sensitive, if that fish runs towards me or does a jump like uh, a bass will, um, like a, a snook will, or um, you know, any of those species, that rod's going to take its time to unload but it's keeping that constant pressure until it re- reaches its, its natural point of, of being on flex, if that makes any sense. So it gives you that little extra security blanket. Um, you know, so don't be afraid. If you're going to go really far down your line strength, and I really recommend doing it, if you're looking to put a high capacity on a small reel, have a lot of fun, because uh, nothing's cooler than hooking anywhere red and just – him just blowing out, and that, that spool is just yeah, spinning yeah. a million miles a minute, and he's gone. Um, but with that being said, I have that all that capacity now. Now I can I can play that fish all I want, and I have to worry about it getting, coming loose. You know, granted, he 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 nicks an oyster, he nicks a barnacle. It doesn't matter if you use a hundred pound braid, um, he's going to come off. He's going to break that line. But that's half the challenge and half the fun. And uh, but you're gonna have that that strength. You'd have that rigidity in, in that line to have the confidence. Um, you know, it, it, if you're uh, if you're strictly bass fishing, there, bud. You know, you can definitely go in there, man. And don't be afraid to throw all fluoro. You know, if you, if you're a guy like me, who you know, I'll, I'll work an area. You know, I'll work a, a point. Let's say, right? I'll take ten, fifteen casts with one bait, and then switch out baits and on that same point and work that point again. You know, where I'm cutting and retying, cutting and retying, or checking my line, you know, oh, that might be, you know, that, that feels like a nick, and I'm constantly retying. You could put a 20-foot leader on there, which makes no sense, because if you're using braid and then you tie on a 20-foot leader, you've just negated all the sensitivity, the strength, everything that you wanted with that braid by putting a 20-foot leader on there. So, you know, we're all that's, realistic. That's the information that I need to know, because uh, you start... Uh, not to cut in, but when you no, start fine. going from mono or braid or or floral, 
that's where it all comes into a new science. And this is what I really like to hear about. You've really been to the point I'm more educated or what. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You know, and if you're going to pick, I can see that right now. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll lose bait, and I don't know if it's either the way I tied it or, or you know, all the, 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 the five things that come into the science of this. That, okay. That last five feet of leader is what matters. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Right. Now, you, a few little things. If I make a if I make a cast, I hook up and boom, I lost the fish. When I reel it in, I look at that end. Now, do I have? I do a lot, a couple of things first. I look at it right right off the bat where the line is broke. If it's broke at the braid, and you'll you'll know when it's a clean cut, or or when when you've lost it because it'll it won't look frayed. It'll just be done. If you look at it and it's still got some 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 memory of holding on to something, it means you're not slipped. If you get it back and you see you've only got just a tiny little bit, you have the knot and a little bit of line, right there it's telling you that you have, when you tied that knot, you created heat and friction enough to weaken that line to a point where it's going to break. And that's what you just did. Boom, you broke it off. And if it's, you know, you've got, if you've got a five-foot leader and two and a half feet are broken... Look at it. Is it frayed? If it's frayed and then you have the break, it tells you right there you ran against something, uh, uh, an oyster, a barnacle, um, you know, the teeth of, of Hoffa, you know. It, it, that's going to happen. You know. <laughs> or if you come back and you, and you, you hook set, boom, it breaks off, you bring it in, you have three feet of line, and then you just have a clean break. That's telling you you need to cut that line off and find some other line because it is bad in some way, shape, or form. Take that, take some line off that spool, put in your hands, put it between your hands, and pop it. If you can take, you can take any line and break it. There's actually an old a, 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 tr- uh, a trick most mates know where we could take a hundred, three hundred pound braid, put it in our hands, and do a, a special thing with our with the line. Take it and pop it and break it clean. Pop, and a little little trick we do, but um, off track. But if you take that line, let's say using twenty pound floor, right? You put it, you wrap it in your hands, and you pop it, and it breaks. You know the line's bad. Pull off some more. Try it again. If the whole spool's bad, then then go kick your tackle shop worker in the in the taters and be like, "What the hell, dude?" Um, and show them, you know, uh, unless you're like, you know super manly man and you can take 100 pound and pop it in your hands um but yeah you know th- those are the little things that you'll, you'll see with line um i highly recommend if you deal with any fluorocarbon like i'm sitting here right now and i've got three spools of fluorocarbon sitting next to me um one thing i do with all my my line is when i buy fluoro um I'll, I, I always carry it with me is a line conditioner um, there are several varieties out there. Um, you know, uh, the one from Ardent, I think it is. It's the Line Butter. It's one of the best ones. It's about ten bucks, but it's it's worth every every cent um, that that you buy because what it does is it conditions the line. Same thing as your wife would do uh, with conditioning her hair. 
how it makes it all soft and supple and, and feel good and nice, it does the same thing in your line. It adds a, a UV protection as well. So if you're sitting out there on the flats, you know, for hours on end, you, anyone who's done that, you know, once or twice knows, you grab that rod that's been sitting there all day long, you go to cast it, and it feels like, you know, your, your great-grandfather's old line. It just doesn't feel right. Um, you take that same line, you know, right before you cast, and you spritz once or twice of that line conditioner on there, run the spool, and then make a cast. It feels much more supple. Um, but well, as I was getting to it, all my line, after I'm done spooling it and conditioning what's on the reel, I'll add a couple spurts to the whole spool itself. And then I have um, those same drink con- uh, coolers that I store all my line in. And it sounds kind of crazy, but it is a perfect storage vessel for line. It stays cool no matter how hot it gets. That, that cooler will always stay cooler than the outside ambient temperature. It is always, coolers at least, will create a, uh, a seal so there's no air getting to it or sunshine. Which are the, Those are the three main factors of line going bad. Um, and I was just spooling reels before the show. That's why it's sitting here next to me. Um, and as I was talking to you earlier, a minute ago, I was actually spurting the whole, uh, each spool. But they'll go in, in, that, in that box, and the lid, you know, has it written on there, you know, uh, fluoro, um, 6 to, to 10. I got another one that goes from 10 to, to uh, 20. That just carries my spools of fluorocarbon. I have another one for mono, another one for braid. Um, but these are all things that, you know, will help to keep that line longer, uh, staying longer um, in your... You know, you can buy that bulk spool now and keep it for, you know, two or three years without ever having to worry about it going bad. You know, it's just as long as you don't, you know, forget about it. You know what I mean? You'll be fine. But, you know, those are little things with line that you can do to, to make make it easier. That's correct. I mean, what, man? I'm stoked now. And uh, this, this show tonight is probably better than the last 12 months. All in one, and that's no <laughs> BS because uh, because this is right to where we are. No matter what you're doing, this is what it's all about. The the wire going in the water is what it's all about. Oh yeah, man. You, you fish and, square um, ball crankbaits at all? I I love that everything. I I do freshwater, saltwater, just you know time of season, you know winter day, but. So used to the mono time here and break the floral is now, you know, really the thing mono's the past now. And I'm I'm curious for anything else. I don't want to talk eight dollar more because I have a lot to theory. That was my, my biggest reason why I called. And um but then you you brought it all, you know, circle to where it all makes a lot of sense. And I, it's going to save me a lot of money in a lifetime. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, bud. You know, and and this, you know, I, I, for all those that are listening, uh, would Mike, Mike, correct? I'm so bad with names. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. What, what Mike just did, please feel free to do at any time. You know, tonight's show is on square bells, and and uh, and some of the things we talked about, I'm going to talk about later as well. Um, with line and, and rods and stuff like that. But 
you know, please feel free if you have any questions at all. Trust me, I'm a salt head as well. My, the, the first 20 years of my life, I spent, you know, with with uh, uh, high water marks on my shirt and sun bleached hair from from being on the salt. You, you know, and, and and last year, if anyone listened to my shows, literally, I was doing half of my shows from the boat I was chartering. Um, so out of Rudy Inlet. So trust me, I know my salt water as well. Um, but my passion is fresh. Exactly. I'll tell you right now, dude, you're where I'm from, you know, originally. I'm job, but uh, you know, the, the problem down here is with the fresh water that have available, it's overfished. It's a, it's a small portion compared to up there, and every, that's where everybody's at. So, you know, the, the salt water is really the only thing available if you're going to try to go for a size, unless well, you're doing cash and release. Well, here's a great thing about square bells is even in the most um, pressured water, you can put big numbers and bigger fish in the boat because of how they're designed and the variety that's out there. And we're going to get to that in one minute. I do have to take a break, Mike. Please stay on the line. It's been, you know, love to have, you know, you, you chime in and, and ask questions along the way. But I have to take a break, and we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show. It's hip to be square, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Full Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foregrip. Made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Full Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Full Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Folks, I want you to go out, get to Facebook, and look up Potomac Snakehead and Bass. You're looking at two of the best guides on the Potomac for bass and big bass, but as well as getting into the humongous, awesome fishery of snakeheads, and I'm talking about some great snakeheads. So check them out. Go to PotomacBassAndSnakehead.com. Check them out on Facebook. Like them and let them know that you heard it first here on the Low Sodium Show on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. You are listening to the Low Sodium Show on Kayak Fishing Radio with your host, Mark, the Landing Crew Wheeler. Alright, we are back. Now we're going to talk about square bells. And I appreciate Mike calling in. He's still on the, on the line. Um, and we're going to talk square bill fishing. Squirrel bill crankbaits literally opened up a whole new world for me when they came out um, 
five really came out in force five years ago. The design of the and it really started with the KVD uh, square bells, the 1.0s, 1.5, and 2.5s for me. The reason is they gave me that profile I was looking for. It gave me a silent style. And, and like I said, for the water I fish in, with it being so shallow, like I said, eight feet and less, um, you know, really fit my style. So I really started throwing them a lot about three years ago and really got really confident in them. And I don't talk about them a lot because it's one of those techniques that unless you use it and you – and you've experienced how awesome they can be with the correct gear, you're really doing yourself wrong. So with that being said, let's get right into what makes a square bill a square bill. And what makes a square bill crankbait so good is its square bill. <laughs> um, meaning if you open up a Bass Pro catalog, and if for those that got lucky enough to get the new 2014 Spring Angler, um, in the mail today, they got a pretty big section of, of square bills. It's um, uh, as soon as I find it, it's here somewhere. Um, it's like 114, 115 um, area. Actually, you can hear me flipping it in the background um, to find them. You know, they they really open up that whole spectrum of, of running a bait through some nasty cover, which is what you want to do. Um, so, hang on, stick with me, y'all. I'm getting there. There it is. Uh, page 104 are the, the Strike King ones. And, um, you know, uh, Livingston makes a beautiful crank, uh, square bill. Um, it is one of my favorites because of the, the style and, and how it works. Um, it is really, really awesome. Now, what makes a square bill so great, like I said, is the bill. The bill is what makes it great. But the body shape and the hook selection that goes with it is the, is, is, is the, the icing on the cake. Okay, if you pick up a square bill, get it. And if you hold it by the bill so you're looking straight on it, you know, from, you're looking at, at the eyes if you have eyes on there. And you're holding that bill and you can see the, the trailing hook. On either side of the body, put it down and walk away. Okay? If you can look at it, and, you, and I'm saying you can actually see the, the, the shank and the points. If you pick it up and you look at it again, at another one, and you just barely see the points, you found the one you need. And I say that because a square bill should have a nice, round, bulbous body, in, a, in, a, in the best of words. You know, it, one, one of those, those heavily chested ones. Okay? But itty bitty legs. Okay? Itty bitty living space. Um, but uh, for those with kids, have just heard that and they went, ah, that's funny. Um, but if, if you look at it, you go, okay, I can see that. All right, it's got a nice round body, good bill that really covers a good portion of that bait as well. All right, looks like everything's right. Sharp hooks, you're set. The reason I, I make that so important is because square bills have a very wide wobble. Okay, and wobble is very important for this because of that wide wobble. Okay, you can get away with using a silent bait, meaning there's no rattles in it. And this is very important for for a guy like Mike who's dealing with 
very heavily pressured water for those you know, that, that fish competitively. You know, where we're fishing areas that get pounded daily because they are so good. You know, for those heavily fished pressured bass, for the finicky bass, a silent bait is wonderful. Why? Because it's not extra noise they're hearing, right? So they, so what a bass is hearing, here's here's the pang of the transducer. He's hearing boat motors, the tro- the trolling motor, you know, walking on the boat, you know, uh, um, you know, the baits running past him that that have a lot of rattles in them, and he and he just kind of sensory overload. He just kind of buckles in and just kind of puts his hands up and cries in the corner, rocking back and forth. Um, it, it, that gives you the mental picture of what that bass is going through. But all of a sudden, just like in in life, if you have that Right, that 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 whole thing. All of a sudden, someone walks up to you real slow and easy, and they're real quiet, and they stand next to you. It makes you feel comfortable, right? That is what a silent bait does for you. Okay, it makes that bass ah for a second, but at that same second, his his tummy goes feed me is what it's saying, and that bass goes oh that's right I've got to eat. So he could have a thousand baits all around him, rattling and doing everything else, but that silent, you know, square bell is just going by him, putting off that big pressure wave like they will, and that's putting in his mind that okay, it's it, it's it's not loud, it's not hurting my auditory ears, which bass do have ears, and it's not making my lateral line lose its mind. It's just this constant boom, 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 boom of this body. He's gonna eat it, and that. Is a God's honest. I've I've had so many times where I've been fishing, you know, a, a, a relentless crank, a a regular crankbait with lots of beads in it, and I'll switch to a wood lure. This is way before square bills. And I'll switch to a wooden lure, uh, a flat side or or um, you know a hand carved round, and throw it out there in the same area. I was just fishing with with everything else, bring it in, and within five or six cranks of the handle, you know that rod loads up and you feel that dunk dunk dunk. Of that head shake and that oh, lean, just leaned into him and pulled in a six pounder. Cast out there, pulled in a, a four, and, and, you know, put, you know, triple and, thir- and, and doubled my my catch just by switching baits like that. And that's why I love them so much. Is you can do that now. Imagine putting that that silent bait in front of that bass, but also deflecting it off of every piece of cover you've got: rock, wood, stumps. Um, a grocery cart, um, and, and I'm telling you, I've caught a lot of bass off a grocery cart, y'all. You'd be surprised how well a grocery cart can hold bass, especially if it's a grocery cart with grass growing inside of it. Oh, 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 two hands on the rod, two hands on the rod. Um, you know, the reason is because it has that wide wobble, because it has that correct hook, okay, on the back of it, because of that wide bill. When it hits, it deflects, okay? And you hear KVD, Iconelli, Swindell, Timmy Horton, all these guys say it. I'm looking for a bait that's going to deflect, you know, or if it's Iconelli, he's screaming it. Um, and it really sets it apart from a regular crankbait. Now, imagine with me. Take your, your hand and stick it out in front of you. That's your piece of, of – that's, that's a log, okay? You're, you're – Use your left hand out in front of you. That's a log. Now take your other hand. Bring it down and put your fingers on a 45-degree angle up against 
your index finger. Okay, that right there is your basic crankbait. Okay, now imagine that where your, your middle knuckle is on your hand is where your line tie is. So you gotta, it's going to rock back and forth, right? That, that's all it's going to do is rock. That's why those crankbaits are so good because it comes down, hits that piece, kind of snags itself in that wood, bends forward over top of it, and then when it releases that pressure, boing, it ricochets off. It doesn't ricochet, but it slings itself off. I have done that so many times and caught big bass on it. We're just, just hitting that piece of cover and feeling it pull and then snap off. And you can watch your rod unload and let go. A lot of people, what they'll do immediately is they'll start cranking and speed it. I'll just let it go for a second. Because a lot of times, my load will all of a sudden, my, my, my load, <laughs> my rod will all of a sudden start loading again. Why? It's not because I hit another tree. It's not because, you know, some mystical power is reloading my rod. It's because there's a big, mossy back beast. It's just, it's just has just engulfed the bait and is now swimming away thinking it's got a free lunch. <laughs> Problem is, is that that lunch had six very sharp hooks on it. Uh. You know. So that, that's how regular crankbaits work. Now make a fist with that right hand, okay, and come at that, that hand. When you hit it, you're naturally going if to – if, do it with some force. Hit your, your other hand. It's going to deflect itself off. It's not going to stop. It's going to hit and deflect. That is what makes a square bell so good because you run it, and all of a sudden, you'll, you'll feel the rock dunk, and, it, and it's because it just hit that wood. It hit that, 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 that rock, and it's just changed direction and deflected off. It didn't load and release. It just boink, boink, boink. Uh, uh, what's an arcade game? Um, uh, dang it. Like a marble. I forget what the heck it's called. Zach probably going, oh, that's what it is. Um, you know, uh, paddle game. I forget what it's called. That, that's, that's what's basically happening. Is It, it deflects off. Um, pong, yeah, something like that. Um, but, you know, that, that's what makes a square bill so good. And that's where you can really utilize it is in those riprap ledges. Marble Madness, it's one of those. It's one of those where you've got the buttons on either side. You, you pull the, 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 the thingamajigger and you let it go and it shoots the, the ball up in the thing. And it ding, 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 I forget it. Um, but, uh, um, you know, Pinball, that's what I'm thinking. Thank you, um, uh, Bridget. Um, you know, <laughs> Greg's description. Yeah, whatever. Um, but that's what makes it so good. You know, a lot of times I'll run them down. Rock faces, you know, rock, rip rack wall, rip rack walls. Um, you know, right along the edges of them, and just let it hit every piece of rock on its way through. Boom, 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 boom. Because it's giving that that real erratic action I'm looking for. And I'm not slowing down either. I'm pulling it pretty dang quick. Um, and a lot of times I'll be going all of a sudden, bass. Um, wood, same way. I hit a stump field. I get like a little happy monkey. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. I pull up the square bell and I'm going to town. Um, you know, because it is such a great bait for that uh, usage. Areas square bell really doesn't work well in. Um, Heavily matted vegetation areas. 
really um, really suck <laughs> for square bows because of that wide wobble. It does hang up a lot. But again, you can rip it out of there like a lipless crank and still be rocking and rolling. Um, you know, great setup for that. Um, you know, other where you have no cover really makes it hard to to work that bait uh, and make it work effectively. But again, you snap that rod tip a few times, you can be rocking and rolling pretty well as well. Um, you know, um, you know, there's a million things. And uh, for for Miss Zach hunting in in there um <laughs> you, you're you're a turd man i swear he just sent me a message uh uh mom go make some meatloaf i gotta listen to mark jiminy christmas cheese <laughs> oh what a goofball um so we to take another quick break we come right back uh we're gonna talk to mike a little bit more and we will also um about color selection and gear that you need to be effective with this technique. So we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show right after this quick, very short message. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome piece! Man. I got one! Oh, damn, I got him, I got him, I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers. Made 100% in the USA. Always has been. Always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. All right, we're back. Apparently, my computer or blog talk doesn't want to play any more sound bites. I do apologize. So, and of course, you listen to the Low Sodium Show on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Um, guests, feel free to call in. Number is 714-816-4727. Or, if you feel like you want to chat with uh, Miss Bridget, Tennessee Bridges there, or... Zach Cunnington, uh, one of the co-owners of Potomac Snakehead and Bass. Go ahead and you can log in using your social media account to get in there and and have some fun, uh, ask questions and all that great hoo-ha-ha. So with that being said, let's get right into it, Um, talking about techniques and um, gear and color selection for your square bell crankbaits.
Gosh darn it. <laughs> um, I muted myself by accident. Um, there's two things that I, I always talk about with, or I always do with my square bills in color selection. And that is um, shad colors are, are golden. Sexy shad, chartreuse shad, um, citrus shad, uh, you know, silver black back, brown back, chartreuse and black are my shad colors. Okay. I throw them 95% of the time. For the other 5%, I use crawfish colors. Okay. Now, the reason I use crawfish colors is I tweak them a little bit. And I mean tweaking by this. I take a, a, a crawfish color. And what I will do is I'll take um, the pincher arms off of a yum crawl, um, off of a uh, 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 striking rage crawl. I'll rip them off the body. Get the anger out. I'll then take glue and glue them pretty close to the rear eye of that hook, of that 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 bait. Okay. So I'm actually giving myself you know little uh, arms you know to dangle up behind it. Um, and I use this bait 95 um, that that style when I'm fishing along rip rap. Um. Reason is because is when I go down and I make a cast that 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 setup and I start burning it and it's bouncing off that rocks. I'm making it look because I keep my look like a, a a crawfish trying to get away. Okay, he's trying to find a hole, but he can't can't get in there. This is what I'm envisioning in my mind. But what I'll do is I keep my rod tip high. And every time I feel it bounce off of something, I snap that rod tip up. So it actually makes the bait when you do that rise in the water column four inches, six inches. This does two things for what I'm doing. The first one I, that, that it's doing is it's that crawfish that they're looking at. Okay, if they're eating craws, that's what they want. Okay, especially in your, your inland waters where you have craws and you have brim, and that's it. Okay, if you have a lake like that, that's a, one of the first colors I tie on because it is so effective because they're eating a lot of crawfish. The second thing it's doing is when I pop that rod tip, it looks like that crawfish hit that rock, and because he's going a mile a minute, hits that rock and it deflects him up in the air. It basically, if you've ever seen those cartoons, you know, if you have kids or you remember as a kid, that cartoon of, you know, that, that one you know, little bug that floats in the middle of like 50 frogs and they all kind of look at them and then attack. That's basically what you're doing. Um, so you run it, boom, it hits. You, you rip that rod tip up. And usually I'll rip it up and I'll give it literally this long of a pause. Rip, go again. It's literally less than a half a second. Usually nine times out of ten, I can't start reeling the reel, you know, more than a crank before all of a sudden the rod's loading up and I'm leaning into them um, when they hit it. A lot of times they'll, you'll feel them hit 
and it's at the same time as you just bounced off that rock. And I don't know how many bats I pulled in off of riprap where, or, or boulders or whatever, where their whole face is freshly scraped because they just pile-drive this thing and pile-drive themselves in the rocks. Um, it is truly impressive when they do it. Um, you know, and that, that's one little, one little trick I use to, to put bass, you know, more bass in the boat. Um, but the real thing that makes square boats so great is their ability to, to be snagless. Are you going to snag up on something? Yeah, it's going to happen. Does it happen more than any other bait? No. Um, it, it, it is pretty much, you know, the nastiest, gnarliest stuff I can find. If I can cast through it and be able to pull it out, I'm going to be able to with the square bill. Um, again, I mentioned, you know, styles or, or, or baits that I really like. I really like the KVD uh, square bills um, from Strike King. The, the, I don't go any smaller than 1.5. Um, I use the 1.5 and 2.5s in silent and with rattles a lot of times. Um, I've got a few of the Lucky Craft, um, uh, the Kelly Jordan Flats, uh, really good, but they're not as weedless as the, the KVD ones. The Livingstons, okay? The Livingston uh, uh, Square Bill, it's the DM... Dive Master Junior is the, the style. It comes in um, 12 colors. You can find them on LivingstonLures.com. Um, very good. It has the electronic bait sound in it and is, is stellar. It, it really goes, goes through a lot of great stuff, adding a little extra sound when they're looking for it. Um, it's, it's a very, very solid uh, bait. Um, you know, uh, Rapala makes a great square bill as well. Um, you know, uh, let's see here, another company that I have, I'm trying to go through my head of all the ones I have. I actually have a box strictly for, uh, square bills. Um, the Bomber Square A, oldie but a goodie. Um, and they, they're looking for that smaller bait profile, um, that they'll hit that every time. One that I've really started using a lot lately um, when I'm looking for that, that deeper presentation, and I'm talking, you know, six to ten foot range, um, you know, and I find it more on the, the reservoirs where they're, they're associating on rock. You know, uh, you'll see this more in the north with the, the, the smallmouth lakes where they'll, uh, you know, it'll be sand and just one patch of gravel. Um, if a drop shot's not working, which usually never happens, or, or any of the other baits, I'll bust out one of these. It's um, it's designed by uh, Bill Dance. It's the um, Deep Square Lip Fat Free Shad. Um, and I've used it on largemouth lakes as well. But when they're looking for a deeper presentation, and you, and you look at that on your graph, and all it is is just a rough, you just the bottom doesn't look flat. It's all rumpled and nasty. And all of a sudden you see you know, wood on it too. Um, I'll switch to that. And it's it's great for um, for work in those areas where I'll toss it out there and I'll run it and, and I'll super long cast, get it down there, and I'll be grinding. And you can feel the sand, and all of a sudden it goes. Dun, 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 you feel the rod because you hit that that rock. Great search bait as well. And I'm just don't 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 pause, don't 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 pop pop pause 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 don't 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 pop pause. And that rod tip just 
And then all of a sudden, the rod just stops going dunk, 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 and just goes, ah. It's like, aha, I have found you. And I get all happy and lean into him. Um, you know, the, that is, you know, one of those baits I really like to use. Um, you know, and there, there's so many others. Norman Greg makes a great little square bill. I mean, it's so cute and does so well. Um, another one, there's a new set out there with a circuit board lip. I'm going to be very, very cautious with those circuit boards. The old ones, and I say this because I don't use them anymore. I had some older ones I used to use, and we're talking five years ago, when circuit board lips really started coming into popularity, where the circuit board would break on me. And I have, <coughs> I have wounded baits that I keep that, um, that have that issue. <laughs> um, where the circuit board, it just cracks. Because you know, I run them really hard. And it cracks on me all the time. Um, you know, it's just one of those things I just don't use anymore. <coughs> um, the Lucky Strike, uh, um, Rick Clunt's square bill, another great one. Jackal makes a great one at circuit board. I'm really leery about using it. You know, those are the, the, your main ones you'll find. Uh, the big thing is, is each style, each company's one is going to run a little differently. It's going to act a little differently. So go out and buy two or three of different different um, companies' stuff. And granted, you know, it, it hurts so much when when you look at the, the prices of some of them. You know, like a Jackal, the Ask a uh, Square Bill, it's 16 bucks. It's like, oh, no. And then you expect to throw it in the, in the, the heaviest stuff. But, again, that bait might have a little bit more roll to it than, you know, a Norman or, or you know, a Bomber. You know that that might light them off. Um, you know that's all the things. Um, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Creek Bridges asked, "Do I change out my hooks like a gangster?" Um, yeah, I do it all the time. If I, I, I if I'm out in the water and I check my hooks, and what I do is I take my thumb and I'll take the hook point, and I'm actually doing it right now as I'm talking to you. Um, and I put the hook point on my thumb, and I drag it towards the tip of my thumb. If it doesn't catch any skin, I change them out. Um, and yes, it, it is a pain in the ass. Um, but one thing <clears throat> that I always have on me, a set of split ring pliers. Um, there are a lot of them out there. I have ones that are strictly for split rings. Um, Jan's Lure Craft, I buy them from. They're like four bucks. They're strictly split ring pliers. Um, and they, they fit a, a size zero to a size two, which is the smallest split rings out there. Okay. But it'll handle, you know, a larger split ring um, are the ones I have. Uh, they're, they're cheap. Like I said, they're four bucks, five bucks, I think. Um, I, I buy them by like five or six at a time. That's why you know I'm saying it's that much. Um, I don't think I spend more than twenty bucks when I buy them, and I, buy, and I get like four or five. Um, but I always have them on me. They go and they're small enough. I can stick them in the box that I have all my um, split rings and hooks in. 
So this way I'm not going, oh, where did I put that thing? Looking through my, 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 my uh, PFD or looking in my crate or wherever else I have it. It's right there in that box. I open it up. You know, um, I've been dealing with a set that can grip. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's way too big. Um, you know, that's something I've always got on me because I do change out all the time. And a lot of times, it's not the hook I'm changing out. Um, it's a split ring. If you get a company that make that, that puts on really cheap split rings, um, and I look at them, and that split ring starts to get a gap in it. Even if it's very minute gap, that's a sign that the split ring's gone bad. Change it out. If I see rust on my split ring, I change it out. Especially the, 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 the split ring that I'll tie my uh, line to. Many times, uh, I will um, remove the split ring completely. Why? Because if I am strictly searching, and I know that one rod is going to be strictly being used for um, crankbaits, all I'll do is I'll remove all the split rings off those lures, and I will tie straight to my line a, a tactical angler clip, um, the smallest one they have, I think it's 75 or 50 pounds. It's itty-bitty thing, okay? And I'll use that. It gets a little hard with those recessed eyelets sometimes, but you can get it and pop it right through, and you're set and ready to rock and roll. Because I am running five or six crankbaits over a spot at one time, and I'll have them hanging. I've had crankbaits hang. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of slightly just uh, skin hook my, uh, my pants. You know, just, just ever so slightly just to hold them on there because I'm switching them out so fast. Um, you know, uh, I, I've, I've stuck them in my hat, you know, you know, running, running and gunning. And a lot of times if I'm searching, like on a, on a practice day, if I'm trying to find bass, um, one little tip, if you're pre-fishing like two days before a tournament, all right, don't catch the fish. Don't do it, Okay. Because they're going to be sore mouthed. Nine times out of ten, they might not eat it. So one thing you might want to do is take the points of your hook and cut them off. So this way you don't hook your fish. All right? Right behind the barb, I always carry, again, I carry always a pair of um, bolt cutters. You can buy them now. They're like eight inches long. They, they're really great to have. Stick them at the bottom of your crate. You know, just make sure you, you lube them up really good and, and watch them. Um... I cut all the hooks off, <clears throat> just below the barb. Boop, 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 boop. This way I'll run it. And you know what a bass feels like. You know, uh, Jan's Netcraft um, has them, I believe. Uh, look in their, their tools and accessories. Um, you know, I just cut them. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, right there. And, you know, now, because you'll, you'll know when a bass hits it. <laughs> You okay? That's rock. That's rock. That's rock. And all of a sudden, mush, and head shake. Cause you're not reeling. It just rah, 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 rah. oh, there's a bass. And you just let it go for a second. Just, you know, give it a couple pops of the rod tip, and a lot of times it'll let go. Um, right there, you know, I found bass. Rock on. You know, mark it on your waypoint on your GPS or whatever, and you woo, go. Um, you know, that's one of those things that I do a lot of. Uh, during pre-fishing. But gear. Let's get on to gear here for a second. Uh, I know it's going to sound like a shameless plug, but 
the Bull Bay Rods 8 to 20 cranking stick is the perfect rod if you crank bait, if you spinner bait, um, if you square bill. And that's what we're talking about tonight is square bill cranking. Um, they are literally, it is literally the best rod I've held in my hands. And I'm saying this because I've used G Loomis, I've used Quantum cranking rods, I've used the pen. I have used Shimano cranking rods, Kistlers, uh, All-Americans, Falcons, because I crank so much, okay? And none of them have given me the ability to do what I need to get done as a Bull Bay 8-20 to cranking rod. Now, with that being said, um, that's only one portion of the whole whole cake, okay? And that is just that, that ooey-gooey... Um, you know, red velvet cake with the strawberry topping in between the layers, okay? If it is that good. Um, or chocolate with the strawberries. Oh, that's even better. Oh, so good. Um, so, you know, the rod is important. What you're looking for in rod, if you can't afford a bull bay, okay, it doesn't, you know, what you're looking for, sorry, I just got images of, of chocolate cake with a strawberry filling. Oh, so good. Oh, I want to diet too, and it's killing me. Oh, uh, um, <laughs> my mouth's all watering. I'm getting all happy for cake. Uh, God, I'm such a fatty. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Rods. Um, but yeah, uh, when you're working that bait, when you, when you pick a rod, what you're looking for is what I call a noodle. Okay, if you hold the rod and you sit in the aisle, do a, uh, uh, a, a whip with it. Just take it and go back and forth with your hands. And the rod, about halfway up, should be like a wet noodle. And wiggle. Okay? <laughs> um, you know, if I, if I do that and it's wobbling, that's what I'm looking for. Um, and then I'll take it, and I'll turn it, and I'll just put a little pressure on the tip uh, on the ground. And as I do that, I'll just let go, just really give no more pressure on that. I just let the rod unload. What I don't want to have is for it to, like, jump out of my hands. What I want to do is be real slow and whoop, come back to normal. That's the quintessential cranking rod. Um, now, if you're into the composites and stuff like that, what, what I look for is a graphite fiberglass composite blank. Okay, like I said, between the, the 8 to 10, no more than 20 pound line rating. Um, like I said, the, the 8 to 20 with the bull bay is perfect. Um, next thing I'm looking at, it's really important for this, is length. I am not using a short rod. You cannot make me do it. I won't. Mm-mm-mm. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Why? I want distance. Okay. I want to get that as far away from me as possible. Seven two to seven six, you're in you're in the ball game. Next thing I'm looking at is do not do not do not do not ever use a spinning reel. Okay, it is way that bait pushes way too much water to work this bait effectively. Okay, just don't do it, please, please don't do it. Okay. Because a spinning rod is designed to be bend in it, to be not as as um, stiff as a uh, conventional setup. 
what you'll do is you'll start wearing yourself out more and more and more. Okay. Um, now, Bridget, you're using a 5.5 cranking rod. Okay, because you fish a lot of the small streams, you don't need to worry about making, you know, a, an 80-foot cast. Okay, that 5.5 five is perfect for what you're doing because you're dealing with a lot of stuff around you. All right, and now I'm, I'm saying this because I'm fishing, you know, reservoirs that are, you know, where it takes you an hour to get to your, your, your spot running 75 miles an hour. You know what I mean? So, you know, cause relative, you know, Three, you know, a 200 uh, foot wide river, you know, you don't have to worry about that as much. Um, so your 5.5 five is great. Um, you know, but again, I'm talking rivers and river, uh, reservoirs and lakes. I'm making a long, long cast. Um, you know, spinning rods, you will not get the same, same effectiveness of this bait. So buy a conventional, learn how to throw a conventional reel. Um, now the reel I'm using, um, the reel I have on mine is a loose speed spool tournament MG. It's 129 bucks, I think it is. Um, 7.1 ratio. Um, <laughs> Matt, go, go in the corner. Just just go in the corner and sit down. You're in timeout. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Nah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm using a high-speed reel. It is um, great for this because what's happening, how you run this bait is you make that cast. If you're using a lose, this is what it sounds like. Or it doesn't make that wham, but it's just, you know, I'm using it as a thing. So you can hear the line. Long cast. It's still going. Going, 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 going. Going. <laughs> okay, it's a lose. I'll, I'll, I might put some thumb pressure on it. Boom, it's in the water. Okay. Um, and yes, Kayak Mo, welcome, man. Great to see you, buddy. Um, uh, bait casters only for crankbaits. Yes and no. Yes for um, a lot of your bass presentations, right? So, you know, 99% of the crankbaits out there. Yes. Um, if you're using smaller like panfish brim styles then you're going to want to go with um a, a spinning rod because they are so light it makes it really difficult uh so yeah definitely um invest in a conventional setup um now when you start this bait up and start running it First thing I do, after it hits the water, I let it sit there for a second. Okay? Now, what I will do is right before, as I'll start using the reel just to get the slack out of my line if I have any. Okay, I'm not pulling the bait in the water just yet. I'm just getting the slack, and I'm pointing my rod at the bait. The first thing I do is I take the – from where I'm pointing it, and I bring it on a 45 next to me. Just pull it to get it started. And then I start reeling. What I'm doing is I'm preloading that rod, right? By pulling it like that, I'm preloading it, and then I'm reeling. Seven to one, I'm just doing a nice, even rotation of, of the, the bait, okay? Literally, it's probably two revolutions a second, maybe less than that, okay? And I keep that rod at 45 until I start feeling it hit stuff. Once I start feeling it hit things... 
I'll speed up my, 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 the, the, the speed on my reel, and I'll bring the rod tip closer to being straight out in front of me again. I'm taking that 45, and I'm breaking it down to a 22 and a half. Okay, <laughs> being all smart and numbery. Okay, by me doing that and reeling, what that's doing is, is that rod is now using less of its action and more of me just speeding up my retrieve to make that bait bounce. Okay, what it's also doing is it's alleviating that, that load on that rod. So when it does load up from a bass, it does load up because I hit something big. Okay, it's giving me that split second to a second of, of clarity on what I have. You'll know when you get a bass on there because it also it'll, it'll blah, and that rod will load, and you'll feel for a second, and it's not breaking off or, or, or bouncing off. You know you have them, okay? We'll get the hook set in a second. Okay, so I'm, I'm using that, the parabolic in that rod. Oh, that's a great word for you. <laughs> the word of the day, children, is parabolic. Um, so I'm reeling, boom, 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 I'm bringing it in. What I will do at this point, once I know I'm in the stuff, is I'll do a pause retrieve, and I'll speed up my retrieve, and I'll make it really erratic. So if I know I'm going through a big stump field, I'm doing, going through a big rip rack, rip rap, and it's bouncing, I'm not going to keep that same speed. I'm going to pause it when it hits something, let it float a little bit, and then, bah, burn it through there. I'll burn it, pause it, snap that rod tip. A lot of times when you snap that rod tip, what it'll do is it'll actually turn the bill up a little bit, catch a little bit of that, that pressure from underneath, and make it jolt up five, six inches in the water calm, catch that water again, and dive back in and just grind. Um, you know, that's what I'm doing the whole time. Now, you're reeling it, all of a sudden you hear that dong, and it's not, your, your rod is loaded, and you feel that gunk, 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 gunk of that bass shaking his head. Do not do a vertical hook set. Don't ever do a vertical hook set on a crankbait, a lipless crank, or square bill. Okay? Or a jerkbait for that matter. My lord. Or, or, the Carolina rig. So, what you're going to do is you feel that, and that bass has it. All you're going to do is speed up your retrieve. And lean into it. What I mean by leaning into it is you're going to – because I use a left-handed retrieve reel. So the rod 9 times 10 is coming over my left leg, right? What I'm going to do is I'm reeling it. I feel that. He's got it. All I'm going to do is take that rod and rotate it and rotate my whole upper body to the left. Now I have that fish hooked. The reason is if you take a cup – and I've got a cup right here next to me, right? And then I take a, a square bell, which I have sitting next to me as well. Um, if I put it inside that cup, and then I imagine myself setting the hook vertically up, okay? If I'm pinching that bait and I pull vertically up, do any of the, the hooks have an opportunity in that whole motion to make, except for maybe the back hook, to catch that bass's lip? I'll answer it for you, no. But if I take that bait and I put it inside there, and I pull it out straight, okay, what is happening is those bottom hooks have now have an opportunity to hook into that bass because it's being dragged out. Now imagine the bass has his mouth closed, okay, you pull it up vertically, you're popping his mouth open, using the bill and everything to pop it open in a vertical upward pull. 
if I hold out straight, it's going to pop open. But guess what? I've got hooks that are dragging along that bottom lip to give them a whole new piercing, right? So that's what I'm doing. That's what you want to do. Just lean into it. You're going to get them. I'm telling you, every time. Lean into it real hard. Once you have them, then fight them. A lot of times, once I have him hooked and I know he's hooked, I'll give him a little six-inch pop just to make sure he's, he's hooked in there good. Um, that's where 7.1 reel will happen a lot of times. You'll be cranking it. All of a sudden, you see a, your line all of a sudden go slack. It's because he just ran out from behind it. Has anyone seen that video on Facebook? It's on my, my profile, Mark Lenny Crew Wheeler. Go look at my profile. You'll see the video of the cop chasing down that guy on the, the freeway where he comes from like 100 yards back, you know, straight up linebacker chasing down the the the, the cupcating uh, uh, lineman who picked up the fumble. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> Literally, every time I see that video, I can hear my, my football coach in the back of my head going, drop your hips, drop your shoulder, wrap them up, drive through them, put the herd on them, boy. That's what I hear every time I see that video. Um, and this guy just, blah, takes this dude out. Awesome. Uh, makes me chuckle every time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you, you run that bait. All of a sudden, your line will go slack. The rod will unload. That's what's happened. That bass came up from behind it. Boom, and has knocked it and is moving towards you. 7-1 real ratio is what you're going to want to have. Start screaming out like a banshee. <laughs> and so that rod starts to load up. Once it starts loading up, you point your rod at him. That's the main thing. Point your rod at real, 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 real. Once you feel that rod starts to load and the line starts to load, lean. You get them, okay? These are the main things that make square bills so much fun. Get out there. Use them. Use the correct gear. Use the correct techniques. One tip for all you crankbaiters out there, okay? If you are tight on a budget and you do have a heavy rod, okay, a graphite rod, especially, or you use braid a lot, okay? I highly recommend you switch to fluorocarbon, but braid is fine. What you're going to want to do, if you reel with your left, hold the rod with your right, put the rod up against your leg, and loosen your hand on the reel. Because what you're doing is you're deadening what you feel in your hand. By loosening your grip and putting the rod up against your leg, Okay, it's deadening what you feel. It gives that bass time to get it in their big old maw, okay, so you can set the hook on them. All right, big thing, crankbait, square bills, um, spinnerbaits, I'll do this too. I will do this with uh, chatterbaits as well. If I'm using a, a, a fast action gear uh, or, or graphite, complete graphite rod with braid, you'll see me lay the rod up against the boat or my leg. And then I'm basically holding the rod itself with the, the paddles on the, um, the reel itself. It's highly effective um, for that. You know, so you know, if you can't go out and buy a, a bull bay, highly recommend it. Make sure you message me and let them know that uh, I sent you. Um, that's what you're going to want to do. All right. Now, unfortunately, Mike dropped off. I don't know if he, we all heard him. He was uh, uh, Mike, if you're still listening, absolute pleasure having you on, buddy. Uh, you were breaking up a little bit. You can use Skype. I'm working on getting uh, uh, the passwords and everything right for Skype for you guys. Um, uh, no, not over the shoulder. Oh, yes, uh, sweeping hook set to the side versus an over-shoulder hook set. Yes, troubles are tricky. Yes, okay, sweep it to the side. 
Sweep to the side. Okay? Sweep. Sweep. Not up. Up for plastics. Up for chatterbait. For um, uh, spinnerbaits. Because the hook point's facing up. Right? If the point is facing up, you go up. If it's trebles, go to the side. There you go. And now you know, with the rainbow and the star and the clouds and some famous persons looking there, you know, thinking they're doing good in the world. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Uh, Mike, again, pleasure having you on. Um, feel free to call in any time or use the chat room as well. Um, and I'm, I think I know who this is uh, on the other line. I do apologize, buddy, for letting you sit there and listen to me ramble on. But, um, boom, Yak Chum Trucks. What's going on, man? Hey, good evening, Mark. Sorry, buddy. I got home from uh, work late this out way, but I'm here. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Uh, hopefully you learned something. I, I learned uh, a little bit. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the podcast now, which is no problem. I'm going to check that out on the app as soon as the show is over. There you go. Awesome, man. Um, That's the plan. Awesome, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Um, but we've got ten minutes left. And with that being said, folks in the chat room, please feel free to ask any more questions. Um, you know, simple questions, please. Uh, Zach, this is a PG-13 room. Just remember that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we had a, I think we had a great show. Do um, you want to uh, plug anything there, Matt? Uh, this weekend I will be at the New Jersey Paddle Sports Show um, with uh, Heroes on the Water. The uh, entire show pretty much is benefiting Heroes on the Water this year. Last year they did a little uh, Hurricane Sandy theme where, where uh, they were taking donations and they had a dinner for uh, victims of Hurricane Sandy. This year they're doing it for the Heroes on the Water, uh, National and the New Jersey chapter. So I'll be there all weekend. And um, I'd also like to plug my sponsors, Jackson Kayak, Why Paddle the Rest when you can paddle the best, Bending Branches Paddles, Great Paddles, uh, propel your your fishing kayak to the to the best fishing spots using one of the best paddles out there on the market. Bending branches paddles, and also ram mounts. Um, unlimited ways to rig your kayak: rod holders, electronics mounts, that sort of thing. And uh, that's it, man. Back to you, Mark. Cool, man. Yeah, the pa- that Jersey Paddler show is a is a great one. Um, I did that show last year. And Jackson had a booth and uh, had a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, and folks, give give Zach Huntington. He he gets the pig of the week um, this week because um, yeah, there's there's a pig. He's in the background um, because Zach has uh, gone ahead and partied up the front, or uh, business in the front, partied in the back, has a rockin' mullet. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, congrats, Zach, for getting uh, the pig of the week. <laughs> oh, he's going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> what, was the, what was the size of his fish? It's not the size of his fish. It's his mullet that he... Uh, <laughs> oh, his mullet itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, oh dude. It is straight up. I, I thought you were being serious there for a minute, but no, no. 
it's a uh, it is a very rocking uh, mullet. Uh, still very high class in the front, uh, but when he turns around, you know he's straight up uh, uh, natural light, uh, marble reds, and a uh, 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 84 uh, Firebird sitting in the front on on uh, blocks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Blazing Skinnerd. Um, oh, my. And, yes, he is the uh, Joe Dirt of the uh, BS Morning Club that uh, me and him were part of. Uh, tons of fun. Love you, buddy. And, guys, like I said, uh, I make fun of Zach, but Zach is one of the best guides on the Potomac River for bass and snakehead. Um, you know, definitely look him up, Potomac Snakehead and Bass. Um, great, great guy. Funny as all get out. And uh, a, a, a true friend of the Low Sodium Show. Um, the, the Us uh, Low Sodium Show fans. So bleep, definitely, bleep, 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 that's all, folks. Uh, definitely go out and check him out. Uh, book a trip. You will not be disappointed. If you ever want to catch snake snakeheads, he's the guy to go with. Um... So, with that being said, um, Bridget, feel free to call in tomorrow, or uh, feel free to call in next Wednesday. Um, please do. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in Tennessee. I'm most likely going to be in uh, Dan Dandridge, fishing Douglas Lake, I, th- I believe it is, in uh, a few months So, uh, for an FLW tournament. So, I might see you there. With that being said, I'd like to thank all my personal sponsors out there. Uh, Bull Bay Rods. Folks, before you buy a bull bay rod, let me know. I'll help you figure out what rod you need to fish the low sodium. I know it can be very confusing, and definitely get in there and check them out. Um, Let them know that the low sodium show and Mark Wheeler sent you, uh, and they will take care of you. Uh, Orca coolers, American-made, lifetime warranty, and that's just not like a limited lifetime warranty. That is... Literally, lifetime, anything happens to that cooler, let them know. They'll take care of you. That is what being an American-made product does for you. Jackson Kayaks, same way. Made in the wonderful state of Tennessee. Pieces and parts might not come with other companies from America. With Jackson, every piece and part comes from America. By Americans, for Americans, America. Jackson Kayak. Um... Tommy Head Jigs, another American company. Support Tommy Head. Check them out. We have some great stuff coming out with Tommy Head Jigs. You're definitely going to stay tuned for that. Get them while they last because Tommy Head Jigs are going off the shelves like mad. Like gangbusters. Like a chocolate cake with berry icing. Ooh. Um, <coughs> I got to stop doing that. Um, Unfair Lures. Great company. If you fish saltwater, you fish freshwater, definitely try them. Great, great stuff there. And to hopefully a new partnership here, Low Sodium Show, uh, the classic winning bait this year with Randy Howell, Livingston Lures. Uh, definitely check them out. Only company with electronic bait sound technology in their baits. Again, they won the classic this year. Uh, Randy Howell won the classic by using a Livingston Lure, and you're seeing them absolutely blowout uh, tournaments now that they're being used and known about. So definitely check them out, livingstonlures.com or your local uh, tackle dealer. 
So with all that being said, I thank everyone who showed up. Kayak Mo, rock on, buddy. Miss Bridget, Jackson Love, Yak Chum, buddy, love you, dude. Um, Zach, same way, bud. Rockin' the mullet. Life's a garden. Dig it. Um, and everyone who's been listening, thank you so much. With that being said, thank you, folks. We couldn't do this without you. Send me uh, questions, and we'll talk about those questions and figure them out on the show for next Wednesday. With that being said, take a kid fishing. Change the life. Keep them off the streets. Put them in the woods. Put them on the water. Change their life forever. Always wear your PFD because it's doing you no good if it's floating away and you're sitting there drowning. Really. That's being deep. But yeah, wear your dang PFD, y'all. God, can't stand that. Wear your PFD. And, of course, it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Get out in the water. And if you do, to get your fish on, man. Or woman. Ha <laughs> yeah! A little twist on that one. Love it. Oh, yeah. We have a great weekend, folks. Catch you next time. Only on Kayak Fishing Radio's Low Sodium Show. Good night, everybody. <laughs>